This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. The real estate brokerage world, Lauren, is about to get a little a little kick in the in the gut. Um, there's three big laws I'm saying so far that both passed the assembly and the Senate in New York State. And there's just things that people need to know about. I would say one is the biggest for companies and management, and the other one's going to change for buyers everywhere. It's going to change it for sellers everywhere. And the third one is going to really change it for the Mortys in the room, Mordechai Yankovic, the Chazaka, because you're going to see they're funding the attorney general is one of the things to go after discrimination. So I got three different laws. And interestingly enough, this segment's being underwritten by the Brunelli team at Douglas Alman Real Estate. And Bryn and his team want you to be up to date of what's going on in real estate. So this is good stuff. First of all, I just want to talk about the the, the first one, which I, I don't know, Morty. It seems pretty simple on his face, but I just want you to think about it. This is for you, Morty. You, you don't need to read it. You don't need to study it at home. You don't need to. It's a simple one. It's just you got to think about this. It's, it's pretty basic. The first law, it's going to the governor. It's called S2133A. You don't need to know that, Jess. Here's what you need to know. Ready? There's two different categories of licensees in the state. There's brokers. There's salespersons. Sometimes brokers are associate real estate brokers, still brokers. Sometimes salespersons are called salesmen, which is strange since there's no word that says saleswoman, but it's an older term, whatever. Salesperson. Yes, yeah, so, well, salesperson is what we call them, and it's in most of the parts of the law. But, Morty, I do need to tell you that in this actual statute that we're talking about, they call them salesmen at one point. So I'm telling you they're synonymous. Anyway, simple, easy, breezy, beautiful, but this is what you have to think about because it, it does something. The thing that brokers are going to be going is, this is unfair. I'm dying to know. Just what is it? Well, it's easy. They're going to charge brokers that renew their license every two years 30 bucks extra on their fees and they're going to charge salespersons every two years when they renew their license 10 bucks and brokers and salespersons are going to have a conniption on paying 30 or 10 dollars every two years which by the way is five dollars or 15 dollars which on the same note is cheaper than my chipotle lunch but that's a whole nother story yeah, for but another they don't want to pay for these things i know firsthand from owning our real estate continuing education school that when we have a 10 percent discount which could be $8, and they missed the expiration date, they call frantically. And sometimes they don't want to buy the class because of $8. Anyway, I get that. And I get that no one wants to spend money, and everyone's morally against giving the government money. They're totally fine wasting money at a bar, but they're totally against giving the government money. <laughs> it's amazing when I'm at a bar and someone's spending $15 for a beer, they're still complaining about their taxes, and I'm asking them why they didn't buy a six-pack and stay home. But that's another story for another day. Morty, I like this thing called math, and I just look at the net I spend, 
I, I, I just whether it goes to a bar. I don't care who it goes to. I don't care where it goes. I just want to know to the Islanders. What, what I, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> but I want to know what comes in, what goes out. That's all I care about. And I always like to not redline, meaning I like to have enough fluff to be able to have like when gas prices go up. I wanted to have enough in my margin they that the gas out. prices didn't make it that I couldn't have dinner. Like that's how I, I like to look at things. Maybe that's my first world way of looking at things. But like if if you can just barely buy the Lexus, buy the Toyota. <laughs> do you understand? Like that's the way I look at it. Like if you could just squeak on in, don't do it. Like, but anyway, I hear you. I understand no one wants to pay the money. But that's not the part of that I thought was interesting, Lauren. What was interesting is the fee paid for issuing and reissuing a real estate broker or salesman. Remember I told you that? Yeah. License with such surcharge being collected by the Department of State, here's the key, and payable to the Office of the Attorney General to be used for statewide fair housing testing efforts. And, I, and why do I say this? Why are we talking about these three bills now, even though they're not signed by the governor? We're telling you because they're going to take effect immediately upon the governor signing them. And, a lot, and he is going to sign it. Yes. a lot. Of, first of all, I'm 99.999% sure he's signing it. I read something that says he ha- there hasn't been a bill yet that's passed the Senate and the Assembly this year that the governor hasn't signed. So I'm pretty confident he's going to sign it. But usually there's it's going to take effect in six months, in three months, in right. two months, and the world gets time to think about it. These three laws are taking effect immediately. So I felt like we should start thinking about them now prior to him signing it because he could sign it like this. He could sign it on Monday morning like he could sign it whenever he – so, Lauren, I just want to tell you the impact. There's a – Roughly 110,000 licensees in New York State. Roughly. I'm just giving you a general idea. Roughly. And you get it every few years because they put it out in the government. Some years 120, some years 105. We get the idea. You take the money, and let's assume all of them are salesmen. They're not. But let's assume they're all salesmen. They're not again. Some are brokers, as I told you. You take the $10, and we do simple math. We're talking about well over a million dollars in funding tester initiatives on fair housing. And so I just want everyone to be thinking about that. There's now going to be a million dollars more every two years. Well, it's going to be much more, but let's assume, I would say you're safe betting that there's a million dollars a year. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. I don't even think that's so much money because I'm thinking... First, they're going to build some website to track the testers and what the testers are going I don't agree at. with you you're because they, there's already testers out there. And let's assume that someone that works in this type of job, I'm just guessing because code enforcement, for example, I think is a similar job. We're talking about someone making somewhere between like forty dollars and $80,000 a year. And so if you do your math, we're going to get a minimum of 10 new one of these peoples. Let's just go on there, a minimum. Let's just go with it. And then there's administrative costs. So let's assume that there's 10 more testers going out there full time, just as a number. I'm just doing some guessing. How is this going to affect discrimination? Because we saw what Newsday was able to crack down and all Newsday could do with their Long Island Divided thing was expose stuff. These people can say, here's a summons. We're suing you. Because the attorney general brings these lawsuits for discrimination all the time. They can go back, the AG, to DOS, Department of State, and say, bring a 441, real property law 441, license revocation proceeding. They could do that. And so where are we seeing this go? What are your thoughts? Well, first off, for people who don't understand the industry, somebody goes to a real estate 
broker or salesperson and says, I'd like to buy a house, the real estate broker or salesperson is being caught right now by these testers steering to show them properties that they think that their class or their socioeconomic or their their color would want to see. So, so now these testers are going to catch them. So testers, just to be clear, are people pretending to be buyers or renters. I just need to put that out there. That are investigators that are recording. They're sometimes, making sometimes sure. Sometimes with cameras, sometimes with, with just audio. And they're recording what's going on. And they're getting evidence so they can prosecute a claim. And they're looking for ways that people are indirectly or directly discriminating. To your indirect statement, she used the word socioeconomic. There is no socioeconomic protection under the Fair Housing Act or the New York State Human Rights Law. This, that's what this would be about because it's New York State law. However, sometimes you can show socioeconomic class is used as a proxy for certain races, et cetera. And I'm not telling you that's legit or right, but it is what it is. And they use that to show that by using socioeconomic class as a proxy, you're actually creating an impact on certain races, which is what Lauren was going at. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's so many strict rules for real estate salespersons of what they can and cannot show. They can't. Well, let's talk rules. Okay. I want to talk rules. And I'm going to tell you the rules. Ready? The next law that they're passing is S2131A. And when I tell you these things, it's because some of you are listening to us on 103.9 Live. And then some of you are listening to us on streaming and some of you are listening to us on the podcast player. And if you're on the podcast player, or you're not, and you should be, you can rewind. And why are we telling you to do that? Because you can Google the law yourself when I tell you it. If you just put into a Google, a search engine, and you write S2131A, you'll know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. The next law is going to require the Secretary of State of New York to promulgate regulations requiring real estate brokers to institute standardized operating procedures for the prerequisites prospective homebuyers shall meet. Okay, what does that mean? So what they're saying is screening of buyers and tenants, they don't use the word tenants, but I'm sure that is included on there too, is going to have to, first, the Secretary of State, the government, New York State is going to say, here's the rules. They might have rules about pre-approvals from lenders. They might have rules about loan-to-value ratio. They might have rules about move-in date. They might have rules about personal property. They might have rules about anything you can imagine that goes into a real estate deal. People think a real estate deal is just the value of the property, but there's so many things. Like, is it an as-is purchase? Like, so right now, the way it works, the way it's supposed to work, I'll tell you first, and I'll tell you how it really works. How it's supposed to work is a homebuyer is supposed to be setting the terms of what they want when they put out their property on the market with a broker. And the way it's supposed to work right now is that a broker is supposed to be educating the buyer, I mean the seller, and saying, let's come up with, it's called um, Mancuso v. Douglas Elliman. It's a case. And what it says is that we need to have pre-existing, owner-established, objective criteria. What that means is before the seller puts the property on the market, the seller's got to give the list of all the things they want, kind of like when you go to the car dealer and they say, here's what this car includes. And then the buyer comes and says, here's my offer. The way it works now in reality is that the broker and the home buyer decides who they like. Yeah, they go into cahoots and they go, 
listen, I found a really nice, quote, ethnic couple that you're really going to like. And they have a couple of young kids and they're going to go to the school, the private school in town. And they're good people with good values. You'll like them a lot. These are the people that you should pick. And they go into cahoots and they come up with, as Morty always likes to use the word, pretexts. Pretext. Pretext, which means baloney excuses to pick one person over the other because they're stereotyping on discrimination. So what does this new law do? It says that there's going to be new rules. We always say on the Leapcast, a statute from the Assembly or the Senate is kind of like an aspirational standard. And then the government, meaning the executive branch, meaning Governor Cuomo, meaning the Secretary of State that works under him, then they come out with the rules of the game. You look at the Senate and the Assembly like a board of directors. You look at the executive branch like the CEO, the C-suite executives. So what this law says is the board of directors has said we need to create standardized procedures. CEO and CEO's team, you make up rules. So we don't know what the rules are going to be yet, Lauren. Mm. But once we know, we'll give you more information. But for now, what we know is real estate brokers – are going to not just have these standardized rules and procedures that are given by the Secretary of State. They're not just going to have to make their tailored what they want for one at Element, one at Corcoran, one at Exit, one at Coach, one at Signature, one at Realty Connect, one, like their own rules. But then they're going to have to submit their standard operating procedure to the state. And the state's going to keep those operating procedures for five years. And the state is going to be seeing when they get complaints if you deviated from the operating procedure, which is on file with the state. Now, a discrimination attorney, like myself, like Morty, what we're going to be doing, I can tell you, 101 plaintiff's discrimination attorney. We generally represent the defendant in these types of cases, but a plaintiff's Discrimination attorney is going to put a freedom of information law, which is a request for governmental records, and say, give me that. Give me that. And that's how they're going to start the case, by going to the government and saying, what were these rules that this XYZ brokerage firm needs to do? And how did this deviate? You should see Morty. He, I didn't prep him with this part of the script. He's sitting across from me, and the drool is coming out of how exciting this case <laughs> is going to be. I'm really excited. Tell me. Because if you deviate, I mean, there's your pretext argument right there. And the whole point of this law is to establish uniform procedures so there aren't discrimination claims. But like you said, Lauren, that's not how it works. And people oh, so do all these uh, backdoor deals. And if they deviate um, from these from the, the procedure, which is now going to be on file with the state, I am drooling. For five years. Oh, my God. That's I'm amazing. Just, I think to myself that they're taking all the privacy away from the companies. They are essentially making an industry more like a banking industry be, with these big regulations, and it happens to be an industry that hates regulations. I mean, it's similar to to a, an employer that puts out an employee handbook. Imagine if every employer <laughs> had to put down on file with the state and get that get that approved by the state. Well, I have a better question for you guys. I want to see what you think. Should it be the broker in the first place that's creating the criteria for the buyer, or should it be the homeowner? Meaning, if I hire XYZ broker. I have to use their standard. So is now the whole pitch, just so we're clear, from a broker to a seller, like you go to a listing presentation, a listing presentation means 
my friend Sally says, you're a great broker. Come help me sell my house. And they come in and they give you their media kit and they tell you they're going to advertise and advertise and they have connections and they sell lots of property and they won an award all by every single broker I've ever met has won an award. But let's... Oh, guess what? It's Wednesday, award day. So anyway, here's the thing. Here's the thing. As a seller now, since the brokerage are going to have standard criteria for buyers, is the reason you're going to pick one broker over another, this is what my question, and now you're losing your authority, is the seller going to be over, able to override their authority on their specific situation? Or is it going to be that if the brokerage already filed with the Secretary of State, it's if I want that broker, got to go with those criteria. And if I want different criteria, a different wow. broker, is that how they're going to stand? I'm just wondering how the industry is going to go. It's not going to be about the commission split or if, if you're giving one broker 6% or 1.5, it's going to be, a, are they getting me the people that I want? So I, I want to just do this again because I did it fast. And I, I don't want anyone to miss what I just said. Rewind. So right now, it's in cahoots. And the broker leans a lot and it's terrible and it's discriminatory and it's pretext and they're picking who they want and using criteria to get around it. Not all the time. There's great brokers out there. Don't misunderstand. But it happens way too often than any of us like, including the government. But this new rule, which we don't know the play-by-play the -play because the Secretary of State needs to create the actual rules. But the part we do know is troublesome to me. And I'm going to tell you why. It's taking away the homeowner's discretion once they've hired a listing agent to sell their house, I think, because it's saying the brokerage standardizes the criteria. Right, and they can't have their own specific criteria. Which means that isn't when you're hiring someone to sell your house after this law comes about, shouldn't the number one question you be asking, what is the criteria that your brokerage requires me to use for buyers? Do I like that? Because, for example, you're dealing with a property like town and country out in the Hamptons. They're only on the North Fork of Long Island, South Hold, Greenport, Shelter Island in the middle. They're only in the Hamptons. They're not in Hicksville. Might they have different rules about mortgage pre-qualifications, pre-approvals, than dealing with someone like a Laffey, which is in Hicksville? So I'm wondering how this- Douglas Elliman, that's everywhere. And what about what about these? And this actually goes to my next thought about this, Lauren. I'm going to tell you about managing these places. Some of these companies, it's good you said that. Some of these companies have one big company and they have office managers everywhere. Other ones of these companies have different LLCs, limited liability companies, or corporations for different regions. Right. So, so would you have separate... Agree, separate criteria separate for each criteria place. per yeah. region. Now, to the third law, which goes to this conversation, because this might change their desire to have separate brokers. The way it historically worked at brokerage companies is that you'd have a big company, just most companies did it this way, and you'd have some experienced brokers manage different offices. They found that to be a problem. Why did they find that to be a problem? Because basically you had these people that had no obligations managing an office for a broker, one broker, two brokers that managed 3,000 people and it was impossible for them to really do that. So this new law is saying, hey, we're going to recognize there's office managers. We think office managers are a good thing. Why not have office managers? But an office manager must have been an associate real estate broker 
active in the real estate industry for two of the four years preceding their appointment as an office manager. So if you're going to supervise, now it's saying in this new law that you can't just be a recent, uh, recent licensee. It says an associate real estate broker shall be required to have been active as a licensed associate real estate broker for at least two of the four years preceding appointment as office manager. What does that mean? It means if I just pass the associate real estate broker's license test, the broker test, which is after the salesperson's test, so to rewind, you become a salesperson first. Salesman, as we used the term before. After a certain amount of experience, you take a broker test. You can elevate to a broker. There's some exceptions to get there otherwise. An associate real estate broker, if I lost you, if this is boring to you, is just a broker who chose to work at another broker's company. So what generally happened is as long as you were a salesperson, you could be a manager. Just go manage, 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 manage. Now they're saying, not only do you have to be an associate real estate broker, not only do you have to exercise, it says this in the statute, exercise the same duty of supervision over salesmen and associate brokers as the licensed real estate broker. Not only are you charged with the duty of supervision, where if they misbehave, you're also on the hook for it. That's what it says in this new law. But you can only do it if you've been an associate real estate broker for at least two of the four years active prior to getting the job. So what's interesting is it doesn't say, except if you've been a manager already. Yeah, the, there's no grandfathering of managers without this. What did I just say, Morty? Managers at brokerage companies are about to lose their job. Think about that for a second. I wonder who wrote their employment contracts because <laughs> managers are usually in-house employees, not independent contractors. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so if it's impossible... You know, we, we, we know in, in contract law, we have a theory, right, of impossibility. If it's impossible, you can rescind a contract, can't you? Yeah. And so aren't there going to be people that have year contracts, two-year contracts, they are going to have their contract rescinded? And then there's going to be questions when they go work somewhere else if their non-compete's going to be still effective. We're going to see how that one goes down. But back to the full circle, Lauren, brokerage law. There's going to be millions of dollars every two years to do enforcement with new testers. There's going to be broker-specific, the company-specific criteria for buyers. I'm guessing also tenants, although it doesn't say it. That's going to have to be on file for five years. Makes Morty drool. Plaintiff's attorneys are going to be foiling, getting that information from the government and saying, here's a sign of pretext. You deviated. Gotcha. And by the way, the way these companies were just managed forever Albeit some of them had separate companies with separate brokers for each company in different regions. But the companies that had one big company with managers everywhere, they're going to lose their managers if their managers hadn't been an associate real estate broker, which not all of them were. And they hadn't been active for two to four years. How do you think that's going to affect the industry, Lauren? And there has to be exceptions to the rules. Like Not on these. Not yet. Doesn't say any. Yeah. What if somebody had COVID and was out of commission for Doesn't five months? Doesn't say that. Doesn't say any. There's Doesn't no say any of that. Like Andrew said, there's hopefully so, going to be regulation that's going to clarify that. Oh, no, no, no. The regulation that they're talking about is only about the criteria for home buyers. The other two don't say the Secretary of State are going to make regulations. Oh. So there's no en enabling statute that allows the government to make regulations. 
Now, is the, are they effective immediately? All effective immediately. As soon as the government wow. signs it. I think we got a big problem. <laughs> I think brokers better call their lawyers. This is the Liebcast. Have a great week. Stay beautiful. Stay warm. Enjoy the sunshine. See ya. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit listentolieb.com.